Hello, listeners, viewers, people. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, welcome to another episode of Retro Bomb, a special episode, because usually we have to record, like, remotely, but Lame. due to holidays and whatnot, we are in the same geographical Yay. space, so we are able to get together, record, yeah, look at that. Oh, look at that, we're in the same area. And we're able to get together and, and record a new episode, and we're making it a video episode, and there will be an audio version as well, and hopefully that will be just as good. Yeah. I mean, it'll be similar. I guess it'll probably it'll be, be the, the same, same thing. Yeah. Except without the extra video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no video for you, sadly. So you should watch the video version. Obviously, it's going to be superior if you have the option. If you have the option. But, I mean, we'll it. be explaining. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually play the games that we're... Normally we just describe them, but we'll be playing them and describing them at the same time. It's crazy. It is. It's amazing. <laughs> Technology. I don't know. It's stupid. But um. <laughs> so the title. Treasure Trove. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, because we will be talking about the legendary game developer Treasure. One of my favorite developers. Um, has made a lot of my favorite games. Yeah. I'd say they're legendary. That's a good description. Very legendary, and they're and they're cool because only really cool people know about them. And you will be one of those people. <laughs> you, even you. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we kind of skipped over, it, but I'm Michael Pianta. Oh Everyone yeah, that's that. important. I'm TJ Chapman. TJ Chapman. All right, let's dive into our episode, shall we? So first, now playing. Now playing. I'll go first quickly. Um, and, uh, I have several, like, small things to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, I did just get a PS4, oh. which is awesome, and I got Fallout 4, and that's really cool. Um, I don't want to talk about it very much, though, because it's not very retro, but I want to talk about it a little because it's so cool. <laughs> but, um, Fallout 4 is just like Fallout 3. Like, it's exactly the same as Fallout 3. Mm-hmm. It's so similar that it almost feels like it's an expansion or something of Fallout mm. 3. Now, it looks better. I know a lot of people, like, complained about the graphics and stuff. I think the people are too complainy about things like that. Mm-hmm. The graphics are fine, and it looks nice uh, and stuff. Uh, but the gameplay and the way it feels and the way things like animate and mm-hmm. like the pathfinding of the different AI and stuff, is like everything like that seems identical. I can't tell that it's been changed at all. So that's did. bad, right? Uh, you know what? If you already love Bethesda games... yeah. It's more of what you love, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> but if you uh, if you're if you're someone who plays Bethesda games and you think they're too glitchy or they're too kind of mm-hmm. wonky, janky, and stuff, uh, this will not change your opinion <laughs> at all. <laughs> so 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 not much and uh, more solid, I guess. As no far as buggy goes. No, not not no, not any more solid. <laughs> no, not any more solid. <laughs> and you know, I I like Bethesda games uh, overall because I'm just I have a high tolerance for mm-hmm. jankiness, so it doesn't really bother. You understand me. the struggle. I do. I know. <laughs> I've dabbled in game programming, and I understand the temptation to say, you know what? If you get stuck in the wall one out of every a hundred times, that means a ninety nine percent success rate, and that's good, good enough. enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but you know. Uh, I really like it. Um, it's really good, but I do think I am sort of amazed at how similar it is. I guess I'm a little surprised at how yeah. really similar it is. Just uh, even like just every little thing, like the fonts and everything. It's like it's it exactly the same. It really is like really? it could just be an expansion, except it's it would be a Better. gigantic expansion because it's the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and uh, 
and that game takes a long, long time to do anything, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just sort of how they work. But it's like, I get, a, I get a mission, it's like, you know, we're being harassed by raiders in this building over there, you know, go clear them out. You're like, okay, and so you march off, you know, you, you're progressing through the building, clearing rooms, you're gathering up all the loot because you, you defeat the raiders mm-hmm. and you want to take all their stuff. And then you're like, oh, no, I'm over-encumbered. <laughs> um, so then you can't walk very fast or really do anything. Uh, you play these games? Yeah, a little okay. bit. A little bit. So when you, like, pick up all the stuff, you have, like, an encumbrance level. It's super slow. And once it once the weight of all the items you're carrying gets higher than this certain amount, you're, like, real slow. Mm-hmm. So then you have to... I, so then what I always do is I, as close to the front door as possible, I'll designate, like, a spot to keep the stuff. So I'll go back to the front mm-hmm. and drop everything in this spot, in, in you know, in like a in like a drawer or something like mm-hmm. that. Because the game is kind of unrealistic in that you can take an infinite amount of stuff mm-hmm. out of your inventory and put it into a drawer or a box or something, mm-hmm. and there's no sense of like actual space. Yeah, like I, I once. Like, just recently, I put a whole bunch of stuff in a cash register. I mean, like, 47 <laughs> suits of armor, that kind of thing. And... <laughs> it pops out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, so it's like you, and so it's like you go a few rooms, and then you go back and you set everything down, and then you go a few more rooms, and then mm-hmm. you come back and set everything down, and you do this over and over I've again. I've heard that's a problem. Like, you, there's too much junk. Like, and, and you don't know what you're really going to wind up wanting or needing or doing, yeah. so you wind up feeling very nervous about leaving any of it behind. I mean, this is your basically this is your reward for killing bad guys. You get a little experience, but not very much. Mm-hmm. You get most of your experience for completing quests. Hmm. But the game's so long, you will wind up getting several levels up worth of experience from killing bad guys, obviously. But it's like, you know, you get like five or six experience for killing the bad guys, and you get like 80 for completing a quest or more. Uh-oh. It starts out lower, and of course, as you get higher levels... The enemies get higher leveled, and they give you more and more experience. But anyway, uh, so, you know, your main thing is you get all this gear, and then you want to sell it, so you get all this money, so you can buy all these parts, so you can modify the gear <laughs> that, you, that you're keeping uh-huh. and make it better and better, because it's really better to have better gear than to level up. Uh-huh. And that's especially true in Fallout 4, because of how they've changed how the leveling works. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so it just takes a long, long time, because then once you get... The whole building clear, which takes forever. There's all these rooms, all these bad guys. Mm-hmm. You've got all the gear in a drawer or something. Then you have to take it all out of this dungeon Instance. area yeah. and sell it. So you can't fast travel if you're over-encumbered. So, mm-hmm. And you don't want to walk at a over-encumbered across the wasteland. It's too. It already takes way too long to walk places anyway. Yeah. So, so you have to fast travel over and over again. You know, so you'll like gather up everything to where you're almost over encumbered. You'll fast travel mm-hmm. to a s- merchant town or, or merchant or something, unload everything you don't want or whatever. Fast travel back, do it again, like five or six trips. That sounds each terrible. time you fast travel, the whole thing has to load. Load times are always really slow in Bethesda mm-hmm. games, and so it's like doing one of these dungeons like this might take like two or three or four hours easy. Mm-hmm. So. I've only done a few of that, is the point. <laughs> I haven't had the system that long, so there's not that much to say. In any way, it's not very retro. But that's really the the most exciting new game thing I've been doing. <laughs> that sounds terrible! <laughs> you just described it. <laughs> I've never gotten into those games where I was like, oh, fallout! But that sounds terrible. Obviously, there's better things to do, but I mean, that's but there's a, a part of it. There's some, that, that's, like, that's like the day-to-day part of that game, but there's something else that happens in that game that only happens in, like, large open-world games like that, and that's the part where you're in a town, 
and a guy says, you know, oh, you know, you gotta find my friend or whatever. So, you know, they give you some generic kind of sounding RPG quest. Mm-hmm. I last saw him over at, you know, the abandoned schoolhouse, you know, to the east. And you say, okay, I'll help you. And you <laughs> set out, and the sun is setting, uh-huh. and you're walking, and the shadows and trees, and just like the sense of atmosphere and place is really compelling. And then, you know, maybe like you get attacked by wild dogs while you're trying to walk over to this mm-hmm. destination. Because you can only fast travel to places you've been. Okay, So sure. when you get sent somewhere new, you, you have to travel make there the on journey. foot. Make the journey. You know, you're progressing kind of slowly. You're, you're sneaking to hopefully not get ambushed by bad guys, but hopefully you can do the ambushing. Mm-hmm. You know, you fight some... Like, I, I was doing this the other day. I was heading to a place, and I wound up finding a... Like, a pond. And it's cool, because this whole game, Fallout in particular, is set in this, like, alternate America. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, like, going through this pond, and the game, whenever you find a, a, a spot that's, like, a real location... Uh, the game tells you, you know, you've discovered whatever, and it gets added to your map. So I'm going through this pond, and they tell me, the game says, you've discovered Walden Pond. Mm. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, neat. And then right after that, I got attacked by mongrel dogs. And and I was, like, strafing around the edge of Walden Pond, like, shooting up these, like, <laughs> you know, mutated, yeah. you know, dogs. And uh, after I defeated them, I went a little bit up, and there was, like, a tent where, like, someone had been camping, Mm -hmm. and they had been, like, killed by the dogs. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh. And then I took all their stuff, Mm -hmm. and then I, you know. So, like, kind of. Yeah. And there's something, like, so, and so, but the the downside of it, if you could call it a downside, Mm -hmm. is that if you get to where you're feeling like a hoarder about all the gear and all the things you could pick up then it kind of becomes a real tedious game where you spend a lot of time, like, managing all this stuff. There are, like, tons of pieces of equipment and weapons, and there's a whole category of item that they call junk, and in the other games, there was no use for junk other than to sell it. Mm-hmm. And in most cases... So, so what I always did was I would always look at the weight to the price. Yeah. So I was looking for, like, a weight-to-price ratio, and if it was sufficiently light lightweight relative to how much money it was worth, I would take it. Yeah. And otherwise I would leave it, because there was nothing else to do with it, and mm-hmm. it was just pointless to over-encumber myself three pounds with a piece of concrete mm-hmm. for, you know, one, <laughs> one coin or whatever. Yeah. But now you can use the junk in crafting, because they introduce this whole crafting thing, and you can build buildings, mm-hmm. and you can do all this stuff. Oh, I've seen that, yeah. So um, so now the junk, even the junk is useful. Mm. So now you really want to So everything. you don't want to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, yes. I have been playing, well, okay, I, I finished a game recently called For the Frog, the Bell Tolls, made by Nintendo in 91, uh, for the Game Boy. And the th- cool thing about this game, this game is actually a... Uh, it wasn't released in America. It was a, a trans, but a fan translated it. Some group translated it, and I was able to load it up on a flash cartridge I have and play on authentic hardware, which is awesome. But anyway, uh, let me show you some gameplay because we're on the computer and we can do that right now. Go for it. <laughs> Here is for the frog bell tolls. It's a Game Boy game, and actually just loaded. Um, I just got through the first intro part, so y'all can see. But uh, it's a really neat game made by Nintendo. Uh, okay, so 92. This game was made before uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Uh, 
but you can see that Link's Awakening draws quite a few ideas from this game. Uh, let's see here. So here it is. Uh, my character is the Prince of Sable. Um, I named him TJ, so they're called him Prince TJ. But uh, it's a grid-based, uh, you know, kind of exploration adventure game, I guess is a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. So let's go up. And the way combat works in this game is kind of interesting. You see at the bottom I've got three hearts. If I run into an enemy, your characters automatically battle and you kind of take turns as your health and the enemy's health decreases. Uh, so there's not... It's not necessarily skill that the battles right. occur. It's its more about like a puzzly, like you want to collect... Uh, you collect lots of armor and shields and stuff like that, and then you can actually take withstand more damage. Right. Uh, you know, you see the like stats over on the left, and I guess those just kind of go up, and that determines the rate at which you lose health. Yeah, exactly. The so the power means you can... So you find items. It's not necessarily... There's no experience points in this mm -hmm. game. Uh, it's all about f exploring and finding treasure chests that have these uh, power stones, speed stones. Uh, the armor is all about your shield, and you actually get armor. The jump is a uh, you, some other kind of stone you collect, and you can jump. Uh, right now in the overworld here, I can't jump, but you'll see uh, pretty soon we'll get to one. Uh, but there are actually side-scrolling uh, elements to this game. So the overworld is all top-down. And this is where probably the majority of the game is spent, I would say. Uh, but eventually... So I might actually have to get some wine here. This might be why it didn't get make it to America. <laughs> but you actually drink wine to recover health. They, they would have fixed it. We were talking about this earlier, actually. They probably would have changed it to milk or something. <laughs> and then you'd go to the bar and it'd be like the milk bar for some reason. Right. Everybody's like drunk. <laughs> this it's, is a funny dialogue here. Uh-huh. It's really tongue-in-cheek. He just said, uh, it's my duty to, to stay underground and give items out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the writing is probably the best part about this game, I'd say. Um, just the story is really engaging. So here we go. I just got a life stone like we were talking about. So now I can have four, four hearts. Saint stone. There are three types. Um... And I think in this other one. So I beat this game recently. It's pretty long, actually. I'd probably say around 10 hours. Uh, I say long. Long for the Game Boy, maybe. Uh, but really satisfying. Really fun to play through. And I love the difference in combat now that you have the bronze sword. Yeah. Pew! Ramp. <laughs> Get out of here! So it's like... This game reminds me of... It's almost like Earthbound plus uh, Zelda Link's Awakening. I mean, just like in Earthbound, like the enemies, I think they actually run away from you, and if you do, if you get higher level than them, and then you touch them, if you do manage to catch them when they're running away from you, uh, it just like the screen flashes and you defeat them. Yeah, it, it, you're right. That it's kind of like that mm -hmm. for sure. See, like this guy, I was playing this a second ago after you were telling me about it, and he uh, he beat me because I had not picked up the bronze sword, mm -hmm. but now no civilians. Your character's, like, really, uh, conceited. Well, he's a prince. He is a prince, that's true. It gives you a choice to fight, fair enough, you know, like, gives you a chance to, like, eh, maybe not. I love how I'm a civilian, though, and he's, like, fighting with the civilian. <laughs> Kapow! You'll pay for this. He runs away. Cool. Oh, he drops a map. Oh, let's, let's check out the map. The map's cool. Uh-oh. Earthquake! 
This game's pretty cutscene heavy, like for a for an old school game like this. Like, there's a lot of uh, little cutscenes and lots of dialogue that goes on. Right. Check out the map. Map is very Zelda-esque. You can click on each spot and it'll actually tell you yeah what you're looking at. Uh huh. Check this out. The Nintendo Funsu. The Nintendo Funsu. <laughs> I love when wow. I started this game and That's I first awesome. got the map, you know, of course I'm clicking around like kind of interested in all these areas that I'm going to be going to, no doubt. And I remember when I found that, it's like, I don't know, it's just interesting, the sense of like, hmm, wonder what's up there. Like, what, what is that? When is that going to come to play, you know? Cool. So we're in the top-down area. Check this out. So a lot of the game is played in a side-scrolling, just like Link's Awakening mm -hmm. had a lot of these side-scrolling parts. So you go into the castle and now you see... Everything from the side. Mm-hmm. Animated background. Yes. Pretty cool. Little flickering candles and... This guy's... All the dialogue's really uh, quirky and... Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, this is a fan translation, so... Who knows if it's better Who than it actually knows. Yeah. Exactly. We don't. <laughs> we don't speak Japanese. So yeah, from the side, and I can even jump... Cool. Woo! And so there's all these, like, almost Prince of Persia-like moments where you make these really long jumps and stuff. And then, uh, this character, so this character is actually in Smash Bros. as an assist that? trophy. He yeah, he high, can, huh? if you hold up and then jump. So he that's mainly for that's when cool. you're trying to grab on ledges. You can nice. actually, that's another thing, you can grab on to ledges. Let's see, I don't know if the... Okay. Well, he kind of grabs on the ledges. It's really cool, which is un not common. On these kind of games. Yeah. But uh, this character's in Smash Bros. as an assist trophy, yes. and he turns into a snake and a frog. And so that's the whole... There you go. Yeah. Grab the ledge and climb up. That's pretty cool. Good yeah. Little, good little animation for that. Yeah, it is, isn't it? He, like, steps up kind of... Yep. You can duck. You, you can duck. Uh-huh. So you transform throughout the game into snakes and frogs and stuff, and, and the enemy in this game is a, is a big snake, and so... Uh, that's what he does in Smash Bros. Anyway, he turns into yeah. one of those. And then when you when he touches some uh, a fighter on the field, like the whole cloud appears, like it did just now on the when you're fighting in the game. Yeah, I've really, forgotten about that. Yeah, I remember now. It's a nice touch, but it's a really good game. Um, I, I highly recommend it. It's good stuff. Um, Very cool. Oh, show the map of the. Oh yes. So so yeah, some of the game is. A lot of the game is overworld, but check out how big this map is. And there's <laughs> quite a few places in the game. Nothing quite like this. So this castle... It's... Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like Castlevania, like the newer uh, Castle... Uh, mm -hmm. Metroidvania game. You know? Right. You get items and you can progress in different ways. You actually return to this castle a good, like, four or five times throughout the so, journey. So what are the stars on the map? I don't remember if the stars... So there's no... It's not bosses. Like, there's... I don't... There's bosses... Actually, I take the back. There's not really bosses. There's, like, kind of mini-bosses, I guess. The whole game is more about mini-bosses. Interesting. Kind of like the first bad guy that I just defeated, but without the bronze sword, he would have essentially been a boss, except you can't really defeat him. Right. It's he's, all about... a, he's, a, he's a unique enemy and not just one of the random... Exactly. Like, this guy, I can't beat him now, because um, I don't have the right things. I've got one million dollars I can try bribing him, but... Oh, what? A bribe? I don't like your attitude. And so I'm just going to get whooped. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I'm dead. That game yeah. is really great. Yeah, it's um, really good. I'm very impressed. I can't believe it didn't come out here and I... I know, there's no I good feel, reason. No, I feel betrayed. Betrayed by Nintendo. 
Yeah. <laughs> if you have an opportunity to play it, definitely try it out. Um, it's really good. Yeah, I think... I never heard of that game, but you were showing it to me just before recording, and I was super impressed by mm-hmm. it. So that, uh, that... I mean, you know, they really need to release things like that on the 3DS Virtual Console, yeah. I think. That would be perfect. Yeah. Perfect way for that game to get, like, a second life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I haven't played Marvelous. It's A.G. Anuma's. Mm-hmm. What am I trying to say? A.G. Anuma. Gosh darn it. Uh, it would be Japanese while game. recording the <laughs> live video episode. <laughs> yes, A.G. Anuma, the Zelda guy. Zelda guy. It's Zelda guy's. <laughs> it's one of his, not his very first game that he ever worked on or anything, but... Um, it's one of the. I think it's like the first game he directed or something like that. Oh, Super okay. Nintendo game, and it's sort another of a, fan translation game you like exactly, to get into. Exactly, and it's sort of a. Uh, yeah, it was never released in America, and it's sort of a adventure game, kind of mm. like you're describing there, and with the very Zelda esque art style, looks a lot like a Link to the Past. Or yeah, something. it does. Screenshots. Um, so, one interesting thing about For the Frog Bell Tolls. The composer is Kazumi Totaka, who did you know all, who does all kinds of Nintendo games. But this is uh, that was his third game, I think. Uh, he had this first game was a game called X on the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, second game was Mario Paint, which has an awesome soundtrack. And then third is is for the Frog Bell Tolls. Music in that game is okay. The main problem it's really good, but the main problem is. Each track is like 10 seconds long, and it just loops and loops and loops. And, you know, and you just hear the same thing over and over and over. I think that's a... I think the Game Boy has a lot of games that have that problem. That's true. Like, the quality of the songs that are there and the length is good, yeah. but it just is so grating after a while. But, yeah. oh well. I like the main theme. The main thing is good. Cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a that game. I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, so I gotta play that. Yeah. Well, other than that, uh, I've been playing... Just to wrap things up, a couple of iPhone games. Um, first of all, Cave, makers of Bullet Hell Shmups. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a game called Bug Princess, and it just got released on Steam. And when the Steam game was being released to promote it, they made the iPhone version free, the iOS version. <laughs> um, so I picked it up because I want some good stuff on my phone. I was really impressed at the quality of this port. I wasn't quite sure what to expect, so yeah. I was like, oh, free is the right price for this. But, <laughs> yeah. um, Give but it a go for free. Yeah, right. But it, I've been very impressed by it. I mean, just to describe it, it's um, you know, it's like a bull hell shmup. It's a very simple game in that way. I mean, you know, if you think about the more sophisticated shmups, mm-hmm. like, like Ikaruga, which we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. uh, or like Jamestown or something like that, um, there's not a lot going on in this game, in a sense. It's like you just pick up the upgrades. It's a very linear upgrade path. There's no strategy to that. You always want everything. You yeah. know what I mean? And, um, you know, so it's a very simple game in that way. But you, uh, it just works really well on the iPhone. Um, it's got a really sensitive control. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just steer your... First of all, your ship is just always shooting, which is pretty much how I play a shmup anyway, yeah. so it works. And then you just uh, steer it. And so you just steer it around by sliding your finger over the screen. Mm-hmm. Real fluid controls, r- real variable speed, which works nice. Mm-hmm. You can, like, real, you can get out of there quick if you need to, yeah. like get over to the other corner, or you can go real slow and like thread your way mm-hmm. through the bullets. 
The controls, they're they're better than they would have been on the arcade, honestly, because arcade, you had an eight-way joystick. You know, you were either moving or you weren't moving. But with this, you have complete control over, like, essentially pixel by pixel how fast you want to move. You can move faster than you could on the arcade game, even. Um, yeah. It's a very, um... It's just a very impressive port in that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Even though it's very simple as a game, the... It feels very content-rich as well, because, okay, first of all, it's got, like, four or five difficulty levels, Mm -hmm. and then there are... And basically, the difference between the difficulty is how many bullets the ship fires. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, like, if if an enemy, like a boss, has a bullet shot where all the bullets fan out, you know, on novice, it might fan out four bullets, and on the harder difficulties, it's more and more... You know, until on hell level difficulty, it might be like, you know, 20 or something. Uh-huh. And that means the space between the bullets winds up being a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, and so there's that. But then there's also three modes. Original, uh, Mania, and uh, Ultra. And those actually change the bullet patterns to be more intense. So... They get harder and harder. Mm-hmm. And each of those modes is reactive to the difficulty algorithm, I guess, that they're using or something like that. So so there's, like, many different difficulty levels and mm. different ways to, to play it, and that's really interesting. And uh, there's also a score attack mode for each of these difficulty levels. So you can practice certain levels and practice getting a high score in certain levels. And the game's very short. It's only got five levels, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're each three minutes or something, so it's like a 15 or 20 minute sure. game, and that's kind of perfect for an iPhone game, I think. I you would know? say so. You just kind of, if you're on a trip or something, yeah. you're, on a, you're on a train uh-huh. or, or quick, whatever. Quick game. Exactly. And uh, it's just really well put together, so I was really impressed by that. So. I like how the controls, so the controls in that game on the iOS port don't cover up any of the game screen. Like, they've got the game screen, and then below is kind of like a trackpad for the you know. But you can go anywhere on the screen with just that little trackpad that's on the bottom, like fifth of the screen. Kind yeah, of. but but uh, but what I mean is the whole screen is sensitive. Oh, so wherever okay. you put your finger down, it starts from there. Ah, but you can. But there's an empty space that they've left so that you're not covering up the screen. Yeah. but sometimes if you want to keep going up, 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 you can. You can, and it doesn't matter. That's good. I like that reactive. You know, it it adapts to whatever you're meaning to do. You know, uh-huh, exactly. So yeah, it's a got it's a basically the best possible controls for something like that. Yeah, I, w- I would say so. Phone games. I've been playing. So for me, I I play phone games sometimes. I've got I've been playing this game called Neko Atsume, which is the subtitle is Kitty Collector. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's this game is super chill. Like this is a game that I've recommended to uh, like my like I've gotten my whole family into this game actually. Like, my mom and and Katie's mom and dad are playing it. Like and so we're all just talking about it. It's it's great. But uh, what it is, is essentially you play as a crazy cat lady. <laughs> you have your backyard, and you uh, you use silver fish to buy cat toys, and you put them out there, and you put some cat food out, and then you leave the game. You press home. You, you put your phone back in your pocket, and you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. There's no active gameplay going on here. Then, you know, I don't know, whenever you think about it, an hour, two, three hours later, you check your phone, you check your yard, and voila, you've got, like, a couple of cats a lot of times, you know. And depending on the quality of the food you put out and uh, what toys that you have out will lure different cats. You know, there's about, like, 48 cats, I think, 
to collect. Uh, and so they come and they they use your services and they give you silver or goldfish in return that you can use to buy more cat toys or yard expansions even. Um, it's really it's it's <laughs> it is really it's Crazy Cat Simulator the game. You know, um, uh. it's super chill, super. Uh, just, I don't know. It's nice. kind of reminds me of... Well, I was about to say it reminds me of Tamagotchi. Yeah, a little bit. You kind of take care of them a little bit. Um, it's just fun because you have a lot of normal cats. There's like 40, maybe 36 normal cats or so. And then you start getting these really weird cats. Like there's this one that I've been trying to collect that my sister got that she sent me a picture of. And like, oh my gosh. It's called... This cat's name is Mr. Meowgi. And it, he, uh, yes. and you have to lure him to your yard. You have to buy this, like, it's a log that you put out in your yard that the other cats use as scratching post. But Mr. Meowgi will come, and you'll check your yard, and he'll be out there with a katana, like, chopping oh, the, Nice. Oh, uh, Mr. Meowgi. Yeah, is it? Wow. There's a, what a pun. I know. There's Joe DiMaggio, and he, uh, he put the baseball out, and he's out there. Joe it's, DiMaggio. Oh, no. It's just a nice, fun game to play. Um, And it's one you can get anybody into. Like, I've gotten my, you know, like I was saying, my mom's playing it, and, like, it's just kind of a fun little bonding thing. Like, it reminds you of, like, back in the day before the internet, where someone would be like, oh my gosh, did you see this thing? It's like, what? That's a thing. The old days when people were like, I was playing Zelda, and I passed through the wall Uh, in Dungeon 2, and it teleported me into Dungeon 27. uh, I didn't even know there were 27 dungeons. And then, this, like, Blue dragon crashes through the wall, but I had picked up a laser gun, and you're like, you didn't. It can't be true. And then you go home, and you spend like two hours like running into the wall. <laughs> just like that. Kind of like that. That's, that's, that's the gist of it. <laughs> Phone games. They're not all bad. Onward. Yeah, yeah shall we begin? Topic at hand. Treasure. Treasure trove. I've prepared some notes, shall we? Okay, this is the deal with treasure. Here's the secret. Uh, so they were founded on... June 19th, 1992. Oh. And they're all, um, the founding members were all ex-Konami employees. And I didn't, I don't know exactly which Konami games they worked on. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure that anybody knows exactly. Mm Because in those days, they did not keep, the the credits are not super clear who is doing what. They have like nicknames for everything. They all have nicknames and stuff. And like shortened versions of the names. However, the belief is that these guys were mostly working on some of the like Konami beat-em-ups. Some of the like really famous ones. No, I di- I wouldn't expect that at all. And um, yeah, you would think maybe more like Contra, Contra. or something. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, supposedly they were working on some of the beat 'em ups. I-, I don't actually know, but <laughs> I do know that um, the founder of the company was Masato M- Magawa. I can't <laughs> say these names, and that makes me feel bad. Uh, sorry for mispronouncing your name. <laughs> He's going to be watching our podcast, Michael. He's going to be like, what the crap, man? (laughs) Flips his table. You know. know. I was promised a discussion of my games, and I have my name insulted. (laughs) Stranger things have been known to happen. Can we get, like, a takedown notice from an angry (laughs) Japanese old I think that's technically possible. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But anyway, uh, and interestingly... The point, what I was really trying to say is, (laughs) this guy is the founder, president, CEO, Mm -hmm. and he set the company up so that nobody, they have no internal hierarchy. 
Mm. It's a very unique structure of a company. For Japanese especially? Yeah, and and, well, and for anybody. So he <laughs> is the president and CEO, but even he worked as a programmer on their games up through Mischief Makers. That was the last game he worked wow. on. And then um, ever after he was listed as executive producer. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, they don't have permanent directors, permanent producers. Mm-hmm. People fill those roles on a project-by-project basis, and then they go back to being artists or programmers on the next game. Wow. And they just rotate. It's wow. like they take turns. Too cool. And it, so it is a totally democratic, no one is really the boss of anyone kind mm-hmm. of thing. I mean, you're, you're the head of a project. A certain game, and then when it's done, you're not that guy anymore. What an opportunity to have to just work mm-hmm. there and then get put on some cool project. And so um, I find that to be really cool. And they're a small company. Estimates range from like 20 to 40 people, mm-hmm. but uh, they contract with others whenever they get a big project. So it's mm-hmm. kind of misleading because if they get like a big assignment from Sega or whatever, they mm-hmm. get developers from Sega or something to work with them. Sure. Stuff like that. But uh, and they do a lot of like they do. Uh, they're one of those companies that kind of alternate between doing licensed games and original titles. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like way forward or something. Yeah, like, okay. they're like the way forward of Japan, and except older and more legit in every conceivable <laughs> way. Sorry, I like way forward a lot too. I apologize, way forward guys. <laughs> anyway, um, way forward guys. <laughs> the way forward guys like I might switch this off. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think that's really cool, and I think a lot of times I think about like the indie scene, and I think how can the indie scene grow to where they're making like more like what you might call like mid tier games, and I mm-hmm. think this company sh- points the way to that because this is like a company that has existed since ninety two as a team of like thirty people, so it's more than like three or four people. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's not a garage, and yet they don't. They don't harden into a hierarchy that like crushes the creativity of anybody. Yes. So it's like they avoid that. It's more they kept that collaborative spirit, and everybody is like working on projects together, mm-hmm. doing whatever their expertise is, taking turns in di- director chair and stuff like that. And I think that is a smart way to structure a creative company like this. Sure, shows a kind of I mean, you know, it kind of makes me think of Valve also. Although yeah. Valve's even more totally structureless, mm-hmm. so I've heard. So anyway, uh, that's very interesting. And uh, in case anyone doesn't know what kind of game is Treasure known for, basically action games. Mm-hmm. Um, arcade and action. Arcade action games with, usually with very um, intricate and kind of innovative gameplay mechanics and gameplay yeah. systems that are really well thought out and reward expert level play. So that is like the big picture overview mm-hmm. of Treasure. And we're going to talk about a lot of their classic period games from the 16-bit era, and we're going to talk about some of the games from the 32-bit and and whatnot Mm -hmm. era. Um, We're going to actually play a lot of the 16-bit games. Mm -hmm. And I guess starting off, their their first game, right? The first game that they developed was, is called uh, McDonald Treasure Land Adventure <laughs> or something like licensed. that. Licensed. It's a licensed game. Uh-huh. It's actually really good, though. Yeah. Let's and give it a go. We've got let's it. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> game start. Okay, so, like, the premise of this game is, like, McDonald is... Ronald McDonald is, like, looking for pieces of a map. He's walking through the magical forest, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to skip the actual story. see how he was like, yeah! And so, you go through these colorful areas, and you jump, 
and you shoot sparklies, and this is your weapon, and then the inventive mechanic that I was talking about is, in this case, this. A scarf that he uses to grab things, and he pulls himself up. Hmm. So let's see. I love the graphics. Like, they're so... It's like almost Sonic. Yeah, it's a very cool... So, so, okay, so here's this little handle up above my head, and when I press the uh, button uh, for the scarf, you know, the scarf only goes up, it grabs a thing, now I'm holding it, and so he stays down, and I can actually manually adjust my height and fire, Mm -hmm. and when I let go, he pulls himself up, and pops up to the next level. It's almost like Bionic Commando, like... Sort of, only without the swinging, really. Sure. But they get a lot of use out of this. And it's, you know, a simple thing, but... Um... Like I say, they just get a lot of use out of it. And it's... This game is so psychedelic. I mean, it's like this very surreal... It may as well be called Ronald McDonald's Acid Trip. <laughs> One day he was walking in the magical forest and he ate a magical mushroom. <laughs> I, I love the graphics, though. They're so good. Like, the yeah. the simple colors. Like, there's not many colors, but the contrast is great. And so, the background there, they have, like, mountains. It's two colors. Yeah. But it looks so great. Yeah, and it's got these clouds zipping by, and he's got a unique animation that I'm looking at here where he stands on the edge of a platform. And so here's a thing that is um, a handle for me to grab, but it uh, is connected to a zip line, so I grab it. Can you jump in and scarf? Yeah. Uh, That's what I have to do. Oh, that this looks is like pretty solid. I've never seen this game before, and it almost, like I might have to actually seriously play this a little bit. So I go through this door, oh gosh, so and creepy. there's like a shop where I can like buy stuff. This is all McDonald's branded for people who are only listening to the audio. I mean, I'm looking at Ronald McDonald, and he's looking at a golden arch for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> One franchise, even, and this is to continue it. It's a super, um, yeah, it's a little sketchy in a sense. It's a hundred golds for a white flower. Yes, one hundred fifty golds, three hundred, five hundred. <laughs> and 2,000. I'm just going to exit. Ronald McDonald's kind of creepy a little bit. Yes. I mean, I don't know. Well, he's a clown. That's his yeah. problem. He looks kind of cute. Like, this sprite is nice, though. This is pretty good. But when they zoom up on his face like it was in that shop, it's kind of weird. Kind of weird. So, um... You don't jump super high in this game, so you got to use your scarf to get up. Oh. I just got attacked by a dwarf that shoots magic and causes uh, lightning to fire down upon his adversaries. And I mean, I don't know what I'm even seeing in the background here, but it's like these, like, triangle mountain things that uh, have water pouring out of them. I'm surprised there's not more... And now I've reached the gold so I'm going to the next uh, stage. There are no hamburgers or french fries. I'm impressed and surprised. <laughs> and so this stage is interesting. It's like a tree. Um, but nothing is looks like it's made out of real stuff. I don't know how to describe it. It's like, yeah, it's it's all like made out of industrial kind. Yeah, it's all made out of blocks of wood or whatever. Um, instead of being an organic tree. And it's got a mechanical mouth with terrifying teeth. Mm-hmm. And you walk through Ooh, the, the eyes. The sky's changing colors. Yes, uh, the sun sets while you're playing through the stage. And you get up into the leaf, uh, the uh, the branches. I mean, and they use these uh, um, 
obstructions. It, I don't know how to describe it. It all looks like... It looks like Sonic the Hedgehog. It, it looks... It looks like Sonic the Hedgehog plus Kirby. It looks like scenery on, on like, a stage. For sure, yeah. Like, actually, yeah. Because, like, the, the tree foliage you're walking through is just, like, a wood flat cutout, kind of, is exactly. what it is. Ooh, I got hit. Mm, that's kind of difficult to see. So they've positioned the foliage where you can't see what you're doing, basically. That's good gameplay, right? <laughs> We're treasure. We don't care. <laughs> you're going to learn how to play... Get good, son. That's basically the treasure motto. The treasure motto is get good, son. <laughs> mm. Oh, dear. Of course, because that's how water works. Okay, well... Okay, I died, because I'm incompetent at playing a Ronald McDonald game. <laughs> so I, I, I rented this game when I was a kid, because mm-hmm. it's got actually a really um, colorful and exciting cover art, mm-hmm. and... Um, I was real impressed by it, and that was sort of my first... I did not until later really put together that this was a treasure game mm-hmm. but I always remembered it and I was always I would always tell people you know secretly there's this really good McDonald's, McDonald's game, game. <laughs> that is on the second Genesis it's like, you don't want to um, like say anything but I don't know yeah so that game is something else it's pretty cool that is pretty cool I'm and impressed that was their I might actually give that a go you, you should because yeah. it's uh, actually surprisingly good hmm. and uh that was their first game that they developed. However, the release was delayed. Um, and so, even though it was developed in, like, 93, it didn't release until 94, I think. Ah. Uh, so, what actually came out first was Gunstar Heroes. Oh, yes. Which um, is now, of course, you know, probably the game they're most famous for. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I'd say that's their... That's my favorite game of theirs as well. Um, not, I don't know. Let's let's give it a go. Let's do it. This game is two player. It is two player. I'll take my. Gonna do that. Come on. Jacked up. We're playing on Super Nintendo controllers. Disapprove. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> they were pretty good for the. No, they so, were. They were fine. So we're actually gonna play through a little bit of this, but we actually recorded a uh, a gameplay, a full playthrough of the normal. Uh, Difficulty. difficulty, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to watch that, that's on YouTube somewhere. It's on our Retro Bomb Podcast YouTube channel. Excellent. Which will exist soon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I didn't realize. Um, but yeah, so this is a. Uh... Here, hand me that one. What? I think I think I need to be on the left. Uh oh, we might have problems again. Oh wait, no, I need focus. There we oh, go. There we go. Gunstar Heroes. Yeah, it took us about. It took us a while to get through this one. It's pretty tough. Yeah, we died several times. It wouldn't have taken. We were. We had allocated a certain amount of time that we thought it was going to take, and it it took longer mm-hmm. than expected because we died more than expected. But so this came out in '93. This is actually the first one that was released. Released. Yeah. Correct. So this is cool. You can choose from free shot or fixed shot. Well, okay. So this game is very Contra esque kind of. It's like uh-huh. a, a shoot 'em up. You'll see shortly. But uh, you can choose from free shot or fixed shot. I'm going to do fixed shot. Usually I prefer free shot, but free shot you can run around and shoot in all the different directions and move while you're shooting. Mm-hmm. Fixed shot is when you're shooting, you stay still planted and you can aim in the eight directions. Uh, and then you have four weapons you can choose from. The first one is the force power up. It's kind of your standard machine gun, go straight. Lightning, uh, you know, I don't know, laser beams. This triangle right here, this is the chaser. You can It homes in on enemies. And then the fire is a very short range flamethrower. The cool thing is you can get two power-ups, though, and combine them to uh, be a, a 
kind of a combination, I guess, right. of the other two. Different effects. Very Mega Man-esque right here. You can choose your starting level. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll... We'll start with the Ancient Ruins, the first level, and uh, it's a really good first level, and it's a good representation of what the game is like, I think. I agree. So, so I'm... Yeah. TJ's the red guy, I'm the blue guy. Uh, you can jump, you can tackle in the air, you can shoot. TJ is stuck when he shoots and he can aim, yeah, and I I'm am not. Shooting. Because uh, I chose free mode, mm-hmm. free shot. And uh, then, you know, you start going forward, and at this level, it's like this kind of foresty stage with these kind of villages and stuff. Let me get that. So here we go. I've got flamethrower right now, but if I grab the chaser, I'm going to have like a little... It's kind of a, a bomb that I'm shooting that explodes. It detonates once it makes contact with somebody, or when I let go of the shoot button. And I picked up the force shot to go with my laser... And now he shoots like a machine gun laser type mm-hmm. weapon. This game is so good, though. It, re- it really is so good. Um, you can also grab enemies when they come up to you by using the attack button. And that, yeah. That can often do a lot of damage, like more so than... Yeah, than actually shooting them. Yes. So here's our first little mini-bus guy that we just dominated because we've been playing for a bit. <laughs> and here's the first uh, proper boss. It's like a big plant. We're going to kill it in record time. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> the papillion? <laughs> yeah, it's like a big plant thing, and it uh, shoots all that pollen, and some of it... Some turns of the into caterpillars. Turns into big caterpillars. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's the chaser. Check my force. I've got the force plus chaser, which I, I have to aim in the general direction, and then it kind of homes in from there. If I get double force, then I've got a more standard gun. I guess I'm gonna stick with this one. That the chaser, you don't have much damage. It doesn't do a whole lot of damage a lot of times when you use that one. Yeah, it's pretty. I just swapped out my weapon also <clears throat> for the laser paired with the uh, short range flamethrower. With the flamethrower, and the result is this almost like a lightsaber. Sort of. <laughs> Your gun shoots out this short, continuous laser beam, does a lot of damage, and you can just kind of swing it around. Uh, and hit guys, and it just does a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. It can actually absorb bullets as well. Uh, not all bullets, but some of them. A lot of them, yeah. You see, as we're going through, there's just so many little... I don't know, so many explosions, so many particles, and then, I don't know, there's a lot of variance in the game. This is not just the first level. Like, all the levels are so... They have so many different, unique things going on. Here, I'm gonna grab that, too. We'll, can, we'll be... Lightsabers! Yeah. And so it's like, oops, um, Sorry. we were climbing these, uh, yeah, I was only thrown into a pit by my ally, quote-unquote ally. It's easy to do. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so it's like, you know, you're going through this kind of forest villagey type area, shooting a bunch of guys, and now you're climbing this kind of pyramid thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just an example of how this game kind of changes a lot. <laughs> yeah, we go, three hearts. So see, the, the hit points are interesting. This isn't like your typical Contra, you know, you don't have like, one hit and you're dead. You've got you've got kind of hit points, like an RPG That's or something. That's true. I mean, Enemies Contra, are the same way. Contra is definitely the best comparison to make with this game, but yeah. Contra is like a very simple game in a sense, whereas this game is really yeah. quite complicated. Mm-hmm. And even to the point of being like confusing at first. I remember as yeah, a kid being like almost overwhelmed by it. These yeah. guys spawn forever. 
I think these characters just yeah, they keep spawning. <laughs> Second boss. This is a typical treasure kind of thing. You know, lots of bosses. Just every few minutes a boss, another boss. Oh yeah, boss. that is very treasure-like. I mean, there there are bosses every. Like, this is the first level, and we've already fought two little mini-bosses. This is the first real mini-boss, I guess. No, that other guy's a mini-boss. He has the whole so. boss introduction. Oh, he does. And now, um, so, we, God, we killed that guy so fast yeah. we didn't even describe him, but he's actually kind of cool. He's, like, he's made of blocks, and he looks kind of 3D, and I don't mm-hmm. know how they even did it. They, so, well, I mean, not that I know much, but, so, each, if you're not watching it, it's like the blocks are sprites, actually. Uh... But the cool thing is, and this is common for most of their bosses in this game, is all the, the bosses are made of multiple segments. So instead of having one giant sprite, you know, like some 40 by 40 pixel sprite, they've got, I say 40, maybe more like 60 by 60, but instead they have lots of 16 by 16 sprites put together, and they have like four, you know, I don't know, like 10, 15 segments to make up arms and legs and heads. And you get a lot more, uh, you get some fluid animation out of that, and you save And as far as storage space goes, which they were limited at this time. Oh, okay, so I've got, oh, we don't want the same weapon. Here we go, I'll get this. Sure we do. Well. I'll get this one. So this one's interesting. I got fire and follow, which lets me, uh, it doesn't actually home. I control the, uh, the fire here with my joystick when I'm staying still. I'm shooting it. I got the laser and chaser, which is actually one of the most useful weapons in the game. It just it just flies at an enemy on the screen and then just sticks to them and just keeps doing damage and just yeah. keeps hurting them. You just have to worry about avoiding fire at that point, pretty much. Yes, exactly. And here comes the proper boss of the first level. Let me spell my name. T. <laughs> J. Oh, here they come! Ooh. Nice. Oh, wow, yeah, you like, were, like, careening out of the forest. Cool. I like this, uh... I like this boss that kind of... Oh, shoot. I'm attacking. The one thing you got to be careful of with the homing laser... Oh, yeah. ...is that it can attach to the wrong spot and not do damage because it's attacking the wrong thing. Hey, do you have this down kick that I have? I don't remember using that last one. I was your character. Do you have that? No, or wait. You... Well, you aren't my character. Or, yeah, we... Well, I was the regular guy, not the fixed guy. And now I have... Oh, oh, oh. I have I a down you. kick. Like, if I do down kick, uh, jump in the air, I do, like, some kind of little flying kick. It's awesome. You got it? Uh-uh. See? Can you do the tackle? Yeah, tackle is that high kick, but if I do down, then he kind of forces himself down. It's really cool. So that's know. really interesting. So yes. There's even more variety in the moves of these characters than I realized. That's just a really uh, good game. Really cool. This is, a, this is my favorite treasure game. It's down. a very good game. Yeah. Look and, how much uh, personality. Like, the characters, that's not just a first boss that you see and forget. Like, this, these characters come up later on yeah. in the game. And all of the characters, all the bosses do that. They have many cameos and stuff. Yeah, um, for and sure. They blast off each time you defeat them like that, too. It's a, just a really, really well put together game, mm-hmm. and uh, I recommend it. I don't know. <laughs> Good stuff. Good yeah, ninety three treasure. Nineteen ninety three treasure, and like we said, uh, Ronald's treasure, McDonald's treasure land adventure, actually released in nineteen ninety four, and also in nineteen ninety four, 
Treasure's next game came out, which is Dynamite Heady. Uh, and this game, it's like if Gunstar Heroes is kind of hectic and chaotic, Dynamite Heady is so visually crazy, I have trouble playing it sometimes. <laughs> and it's uh, it's an action game. It takes place in a world of puppets. And your character, his name is Hedy, and he can attack by throwing his head, basically, and he can swap his head for all these other heads mm-hmm. that have all these different powers. And that's how you get all your different weapons and stuff. Cool. And it's pretty interesting, so we shall check that out. Another cool 3D FX logo. I know. So stylish. So all these games are Sega Genesis games so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, they're very heavy on the Sega, huh? Yeah, they mostly only would work on one platform at a time back in the day. So here we just looked at the intro to Dynamite Heady. Um, swap these controllers around. So there's another game where it's kind of on a stage. Yes, uh, much. It's, this rose. game looks very similar to Ronald's. Treasure Land, uh, whatever it's called. McDonald's Treasure Land Adventure. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it takes place in the world of puppets. All the characters are supposed to be puppets and toys and things like that. And the whole game has this kind of none of its real quality to it. Uh-huh. You know, fake backdrops, fake, it's all like a stage or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to skip the intro just so we can get on with it. So you get kidnapped cool. and you have to get away uh, from this guy. That's so colorful. And he, uh, he, uh, is chasing you, and you and some of the other puppets are running away. Uh, this guy is taking all the puppets in Puppet Land. <laughs> so you attack by eight direction attack. You throw your head. It's pretty weird. <laughs> so why is he called Dynamite Heady? Does he explode? Well, I think you, one of his heads could is explosive. Okay. His name is Heady. So, okay. he's okay. dynamite. So maybe he's a dynamite dude. He is dynamite. <laughs> I like how the art style, so they don't have any black... You know, they're not black outlined like most games of this time would be. You know, they've got... It's more shaded. Like, the the, the colored outlines aren't black. Like, they're actually, like, the green outlines for the grass and everything. Yeah. Good point. Makes it look really nice. I'm constantly amazed by, like, what they... Art-wise and graphics-wise, they do. So, um, we just went through a section that was, like, force-scrolling, and then the whole stage, like, fell forward as if it was all a fake prop, and now this, like, cat puppet is gonna fight me. (laughs) Oh, so Japanese. What is this? There's, like, the Contra guys are, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger or something just, like, pulling me. And look, he's pulling in this amazing, ridiculous (laughs) background. Oh, this is so weird. This how game did, is very strange. How did this get ba- released in America and not something like For the Frog, the Bell Tolls? Like, tell me. Well, I, some of the answer to that has got to be Sega, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they recognize a good game, but yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just very difficult. This, I've always found this game to be very hard to avoid taking damage. And this, uh, and my health is very low right now, his, and I'm gonna die in the very first real fight. Boss, his arms and hands look like Twinkies. The enemies does. Oh, his head exploded! My head exploded because I died. You gotta know exactly what to do. So I'm gonna jump over him, and then I'm gonna run under him. I figured that out last time. Can you and attack him when he's 
I can attack him right now. And that's how you do it. Because then he charges up again. Okay, so that pattern's the same every time. Yes, and then he runs at me, I jump over him. I duck under him when he bounces off the wall. I stand just here to avoid the bouncing things. Oh, you still couldn't attack him then. There we go. Can you do it again? And that was oh. He's oh, wow. very weak. Um, I just suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, let's see if we can get through just a little bit of the next stage, because that, actual... that was just the intro, and it's really yeah. nothing like what the real game is like. Um, sure. It's more of a platformer. It's more of a platformer, right. And, um... <laughs> Idle animations. Yes. Yes! Oh, okay. So, um, that was what they call scene 1-1. One, one. And mm-hmm. now... You go to this town where all these other puppets are, and you can actually um, go into the buildings and. Um, there's ah, a, a headcase. Yeah, there's an object called headcase, and mm-hmm. that's where all the other heads are that you can swap uh-huh. your head out with. They're stored in the headcase. Get it? <laughs> Get it? <laughs> this game's so so ridiculous. So funny. Yeah, so funny. Oh, are you saving him? So see, I swapped out for a different head. Oh, it's a test. Like, you can try it out, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I have 30-something seconds. So now I, I got a bomb head. Oh my gosh. Is it going to blow up? And oh, wow. it does oh, all wow. this damage. It's crazy. Hammerhead. Uh, come on. Come on. <laughs> oh. So a uh, head that turned me into a... Uh, I don't know what you... Not, not really a wire frame, but a kind of invisible... What's this? Oh, a barrier. Put like a force field around me. Um, Oh, that's really nice. What's that one? The kissy lips? This one is like a vacuum cleaner head that like sucks up enemies. Oh, wow. And when I get... So how many times do you get to use these? Enough of them. Um, In the real game, I think you get to use it until you replace it. Oh, my goodness. So... (laughs) Suck up uh, the birds. So that was like a little test section in like a bonus room, and this whole mm-hmm. this whole first area where you go through the town, it's like all these bonus rooms. Mm-hmm. They call it's actually called practice area. It's like all these bonus rooms in which they teach you how to do all this stuff in the game. So I'm gonna kind of go past them, and there's a sign saying "Danger," and it toys takes you to the, the hood. to the first real level. Toys in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that in the top left corner? Is that your health? Yes. That light that's it's, clever. It takes the form of a light Stage that changes lighting. colors. And so you'll see that this is not that different from the Ronald yeah, cannon. Sure. Um, there's I mean, you're these, right. The graphics as well, even. There's this thing you can... Uh, there's these things you can grab with your head that pull you up. Oh, interesting. You moved it. Yeah, the floating platforms can be moved. That's strange. Um, everything is being held up with ropes. Like, this whole game has this, like, none of it's mm-hmm. real quality. And then there's this spinning ball that I can push, and it crushes things beneath me, and... Shoot. Oh, and here I just got the hammerhead. It does huh. a lot of damage. So there's, uh... A lot of Sega Genesis games, it seems to me, have this quality of having these kind of, like... Meandering level design. It's very different than how like Mario levels yeah. are designed. 
I agree. You know? Like, they're more expansive and not as uh, focused, I guess. Yeah. I just picked up a head that lets me run and fast and jump high. This is pretty interesting. And here is a guy who's harassing some toys. He's got him in a cage. I knock the cage down, and then I attack the guy. He's a strange little robot toy or something. That's strange. So toys in the hood, man. Toys in the hood. <laughs> oh, and oh, here's what? the head that makes me small, which is necessary cool. for going through uh, some small areas like this that we see here. So as you can see, cool. this game is just all over the place. I mean, what an inventive game. Mm -hmm. Treasure just refuses to make normal games. It's just not a thing they do. They don't uh -huh. just do what other people are doing, you know? Just like Gunstar, he's got different segments and everything. Yep. These little... It's like a preferred technique of theirs. Absolutely. Imagine if they'd have to make a sprite as big as a screen like that and make all these other frames. Oh, yeah. Like it wouldn't moving. even work. Yeah. I mean, it probably would not even be possible mm -hmm. on the Sega Genesis to do that. I don't know what that would mean for the Sega Genesis in terms of RAM and, and all of that. Those giant sprite with all those animations. Cool. So uh, I got a key, and that's the premise of this game, is you're getting all these keys that let you go to the evil puppet king's castle mm -hmm. and uh, unlock the gate so you can go in and save all the kidnapped puppets and that's the idea of this game is very insane <laughs> and it's full of amazing graphical tricks and stuff just like most of their games it seems yes yes so anyway that's cool. dynamite heady so what's next so next is um light crusader which is a unique game from Treasure. Um, it's pretty unusual for them. Uh, it's it's an isometric action RPG. Uh, it's the only game of that type that they've ever made. And oh, wow. it also has a uh, um, kind of a Western art style. So mm -hmm. it looks much less insane. It's much less <laughs> of a crazy... It's much Less. more kind of normal looking, which I think uh, works to its disadvantage a little bit. Oh, really? Well, we'll see. <laughs> it's, it, it's an interesting game. It's less amazing than some of their other ones. Like sure. Dynamite Head, even though, as you can see, I'm bad at it. I like really respect that game for mm -hmm. being just off the charts inventive. Sure. But here's Light Crusader. This looks more like something a lot of different developers could have made. Sure. And... Yeah, um, it's got a save file. That's cool. Yes. And look at this. Uh, very Western. Very Western looking. Their eyes art. aren't like like this big. Mm -hmm. It's got a long story. That we will hopefully skip. I'm going to try. Ooh. Konik Ishida. Yes. Now that's a familiar name from... Uh, there's... there's Magawa, the president, listed that's as not. a program. That's cool. Supporter. That was his job title. Yep. Supported him and also. I mean, it's just sort of like, I wouldn't call this good art, really. You know, it's <laughs> got a, kind of a generic Western art, and they're trying to show in a conventional way the texture of his armor and stuff like mm -hmm. that, and it just doesn't really work because it's just too pixelated and, and all of that. Sure. Um, you know, we're still looking at the intro, just seeing these screens scroll by. Once we get into the actual game is a little bit better, mm -hmm. you know, because they're smaller, they're smaller sprites yeah. um, and stuff. 
so anyway, um... Whoa! Uh, here goes the game, finally. Um, Green real felt on. Oh, look at his little idle animation. Yes. The top um, people seem to be... Frightened. Of something. <laughs> uh, this would be one of those games that takes like 40 minutes to get started. Sir David, I'm pleased to see you. That's your name, Sir David. Because, wow. <laughs> You've traveled a great distance. When I asked what had been happening in Green Row... King Whedon began to tell the most amazing story. Gosh. A lot of people have been disappearing recently, says the king. The townspeople fear some magic spell may have been cast. That's the first thing they think of. It's like, oh, maybe some magic spell. You are such a gifted swordsman, Sir David. (laughs) Please search for the missing people. Because swordsmen are good at finding missing people. I certainly will. And uh, that's the intro. And you walk around isometric, and you slash. And you can uh, talk to different characters. What? Oops. Oops. You can push... Oh my goodness. You can push people. You can jump. Push the king. Push the king. (laughs) (laughs) You can push the people around. You can slash them. You can talk to them. You can leap down the stairs. Whoosh. That's kind of cool. And, the sprites uh, are smaller than I expected. Yeah. It looks... It. I don't know how to describe what this game looks like, except maybe to say it looks kind of like Baldur's Gate or something like, like Ultima- that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, like seriously. a very western-looking... Colorful Diablo, you know. RPG. Original Diablo. It's not that colorful, though. It was much less colorful than other treasure games. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's all these people to talk to, shops to go into, and I can't remember if I have to do that... To get into the dungeon, or if I can just go. But this first town is like multiple screens in size. Pretty big. His walk is kind of interesting. He like kind of jerks forward a little bit. Can you jump on a cow? Yes! It looks as though I can stand on cows. That's pretty cool. So, um... This is so interesting after Dynamite Hoodie. It's so different. It's yeah. very different. So you go um, through the town, you go into the graveyard, and I think it's in the graveyard that you find the entrance to the... They just did not like doing the same thing. More than... I might more. be misremembering. There's like a button over here. Where? There's a button right above you, right there. Here? Uh, go. Do you see the ground texture is different for some reason? It's like a square. Or it's like a, a diamond, you know. Right here. But it doesn't do huh. anything. I think that might be a place that's supposed to open, but I think I have to talk sure. to somebody. Well, I'm having trouble remembering. Well, I don't know how long we want to spend on this, because, because it is an action RPG, it's one of those deals where potentially you have to do all kinds of stuff to yeah. get it to start. It wasn't one of their more well-received games. It's not one of their more well-received games, that's true. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's easy to see why, even just playing it for these few minutes, it's just sort of like a little more generic. But I do want to say, like, it's not bad. The controls are functional, um, responsive. He's got eight-way movement, that's cool. He's like got eight-way movement. It's, there's no grid here. And he... Oh, uh, you can run? Can you? I saw you brick out into a run all of a sudden. Or maybe he was just changing direction and it also looked like he was going to run. Um, but, uh, you know, you get gear, you get um, magic, sure. and when you get into the dungeons, you fight the enemies, and the combat is simple, but 
rewarding. It feels mm-hmm. good to slay the bad guys, you know. Cool. So it's a it's a you know it's an okay game, but it's a little kind of like odd somehow, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Especially given the rest of Treasure's repertoire. Sure. I can't even remember how to get into the dungeon, and I would have to talk to all the townspeople and stuff. Let's so let's not do that, <laughs> and let's just move along, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty intriguing game, though. That is intriguing. And if you're a fan of action RPGs, give it a shot, because um, you can do worse for sure. But I would say in general that like. Landstalker and Beyond Oasis are better mm-hmm. games in this style, and there's a Zelda clone called Slail that's actually pretty interesting. Uh. Um, so this game is more... I don't even know how to describe it. It is like a Western RPG. Fair enough. So next... Let's do... Alien, Alien Soldier. Yeah. So Alien Soldier did not come out in America except on the Sega channel. Which was Sega's like cable channel satellite uh-huh. thing. Nintendo had that, the Satellivision. There's a 16-bit remake of the original Legend of Zelda for the Satellivision. Yeah, isn't that cool? That it's, never, that never I really feel utterly deprived. <laughs> and, Have you seen it though? Your character, he's got like a baseball bat, like a baseball cap. No, yeah, uh, I didn't he's like that. really. It's not Zelda, Zelda. It, well, they ruined it then. <laughs> um, there's mods. So TJ's <laughs> going to play this game. Um, Alien Soldier is another action game like... Um, you should change the difficulty, but that's fine. Oh, Don't gosh. Well, no, it'll be even funnier. This game is flipping hard. This is one of the hardest games I've ever played, and I don't think we're going to clear the first boss. Nope. Nope. And nope. Uh, this game is basically just one boss fight after another. It's just one ridiculous boss fight of incredible difficulty after another. So this is not the way to win, but I'm going to choose different weapons. Than I- yeah, it's good to just show them off. Yeah. So you, you pick four weapons. Mm-hmm. You have a pretty intricate and complicated uh, control system for this game. Uh, this game was released in 95, and I think, I mean, I don't know why they didn't release it as a cartridge, unless it was just because it's so hard. Yeah, I don't know. Um... It's a cool game, but yeah, man, it's hard. The graphics are great. Oh, yeah. It's, it's 60, beautiful Just like Gunstar, game. 60 frames a second. I mean, so many particles. Uh, for some reason, you can change all of the little windows at the top, whatever. Yes. Type uh, 1. So here's my control test here. Yeah, you can jump. You can hover in the air by jumping again. Mm-hmm. You can uh, dash like that. They call it the zero teleport. You, so can, cool. you can... Uh, deflect bullets by pressing the attack button twice rapidly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course you got your your weapons. And this game also has the free shoot and fixed shoot modes from Gunstar Heroes. Mm -hmm. Except you can swap between them on the fly. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. That's much better. I wish Gunstar had something like that. Because they're both useful in certain situations. Let's give it a go. I mean, it's actually a little different than Gunstar Heroes. Yes, you can actually controls. strafe you can when strafe. you're... Mm-hmm. So let's see, I'm in fixed mode right here. Let's just change it, though. So this way I can strafe around. Yes. Oh. Now, one thing that happens in this game is you run out of ammo it's just surprisingly fast. Yeah. Oh man, can't get Yeah, we missed uh, ammo pickup on accident. That's okay. Is it? Well, <laughs> it's gonna be the downfall of me. If that happens, I'll be surprised. I think <laughs> you'll die from general. <laughs> Just general death. 
Oh, I didn't mean to change my weapon. Well, this weapon is not that bad, especially against this boss. It's sort of like the uh, homing weapon in Gunstar Heroes. So, I'm like, what, 30 seconds in or something, and I'm already against a boss that's probably going to kick my butt? <laughs> yeah, that's right. The levels are very short, very simple, very kind of easy. No. no. And then they're punk you're out of the ammo. Yes, watch. Shoot. Man, that box really messing me. I know. They put these boxes in this first arena as if just to really mess with me. This bullpup. Look how much damage I've done. Yeah. I know. It's and you're dead. And I'm dead. It's crazy hard. And then you get a game over because you have one life. And then you have to continue. And like restart the stage. I'm gonna try and see how this goes. Um so continue. I want to like this game. I do too. I wanna play this game. I know exactly what you mean, man. It's like it seems like a game that I should like. So hard. But I have almost never. What played. the heck is that? Is that different? Oh, oh shoot, different. shoot. No! Just. <gasps> I ran out of ammo, and then I couldn't. Yeah, the ammo thing. I ran out of ammo, and then I was surrounded by enemies, and I had trouble switching weapons in an efficient way because I panicked. Now, you can see how if you were just, like, really good and just stone cold. That wouldn't happen to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just stay calm and switch weapons, and it wouldn't take that long. If I played long. enough, then it... You know. But there's the entry level so high that I almost don't want to... I'm not interested in spending the time in it, just because it's so brutal. That's right. Uh, that's exactly right. It's such a brutal game that it's like, why would I even bother learning to play it at the level I would need to play it at? Mm-hmm. There's other games that are immediately fun and accessible, right. you know. What, so, what's the, the character's name? Oh, like Epsilon, Epsilon Eagle. Yeah. It's like a Mega Man boss. <laughs> Epsilon Eagle. Dear goodness. I died. Yeah, do you see a- how much health? We did like one-tenth health. I did a terrible job, though, because I just... I did a bad job in the main level, and I never really recovered. Um, that game is just really, really, really hard. <laughs> it's such a hard game. But very um, treasure-like. Very treasure-like, and you know what? It's available on the Wii Virtual Console, and uh, that's where I bought it. Um, mm-hmm. I was very excited because it was a treasure game that did not come out here, and I was um, amazed at how hard it is. <laughs> um, and uh, if you're really serious about playing it, I think your best bet is either to do an emulation run in which you save scum your way through it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or um, you need to, like, go on YouTube and watch Expert Play and, like, write down... The combination The, the exact weapon. Yeah. weapon to use against certain bosses. You could exactly emulate what the and then slow are. it down. That game would be a lot easier if it wasn't so fast, I guess. Yeah, it's a very fast game. Half the frame rate, and then it would... Amazing. Maybe you'd be able to handle so, it. So, um, something like that. But it's a very difficult game. Mm-hmm. Super difficult. So, other games. So, um, well... After Alien Soldier, the next game that they actually made is Guardian Heroes. It's a uh, Sega Saturn beat 'em up. Jump into the 32-bit. Jump into the 32-bit, and the uh, Guardian Heroes. We're not going to emulate that and play it, but um, it's a very uh, like good game. 
basically. <laughs> it's very good. Um, it's known as like one of the best beat em ups. It's considered a cult classic for sure. Yeah. Not it, well known. Not, not well known. And uh, it did get re released for the Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah. Uh, so you can play it that way, uh, which is a good way to play it. And uh, actually, there's a sort of spiritual successor to that game mm-hmm. in the form of Code of Princess, which is a 3DS game. Code of Princess. And it's got a similar quality mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. In, in um, Guardian Heroes, you have multiple characters that you can play as. And the beat-em-up gameplay, this is interesting. So the normal beat-em-up, they call them, these call them belt scrollers, right? Because the level, instead of being flat, mm-hmm. it's got a certain thickness, like a belt, mm-hmm. that scrolls, right? This game, instead of having, like, a free movement, it is divided into three specific depths. Mm-hmm. Like, foreground, middle ground, background. Yeah. And there's a button for switching between them. Mm-hmm. And... You are, because of how that works, you simply are lined up with enemies on the same belt as yeah. you, and you're not lined up with enemies that aren't on the same belt as you. That's so true. that that thing that happens in other beat-em-ups mm-hmm. where you're, you, it's a little bit like you're too lined high. up, but you're just a little off uh-huh. and you're punching and you're just missing. You're like punching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens in Guardian Heroes. That's good. Because there are three levels and that's it. And you swap back and forth between them and they're like 2D brawlers um, it's as if it's as if there are three 2D brawlers happening simultaneously, sure. and it's multiplayer. And it is multiplayer, and it has a multiplayer versus mode, like a battle arena mode. Yeah. And uh, you get experience from killing enemies, and it levels you up, and you get more strong. So it's got these RPG elements. Yeah. And it's in it, um, it. At the end of levels, they ask you things like, you know, oh, you know, the guy escaped. Should we pursue him, or should we continue on our quest to the graveyard, or whatever? And so it's all this branching sure. stuff. And uh, it's just a really solid game. But, in-depth uh, brawler. Yeah, unfortunately, Saturn emulation is a pain in the rear, so we're not going <laughs> to try to play that. But that would be a great game if we could do it, because the into two it. of us I'll could play it. it. Yeah. Um, but uh, maybe some other time. But that game is really great, and mm-hmm. uh, I recommend that to anybody. Yeah. And then after that, uh, the next game that they did is uh, actually... Well, it depends, again, on kind of how you look at it. Mm-hmm. So... They did Silhouette Mirage on the Saturn oh, in 96, yeah. mm-hmm. but we didn't get that game until 1998, so before we in America got Silhouette Mirage, we got Mischief Makers, Marina. which is an N64 game. Do we want to... Uh, yeah, definitely. I love that up? game. I love this game. Got some artifact. Enix published this in America. It's pretty strange. It is a little bit unusual. Oh, the intro's funny. Yes. This is a little different than Light Crusaders. <laughs> is it? It is. It's got a different art style. <laughs> Marina! <laughs> she regrets it already. Oh, that guy's cool. Like, I love the, the enemy design. They're very cool. Uh-huh. What a game. Oh, this game is really good. It... Yeah. I forgot how Japanese this game was. <laughs> this game is super wonky. This game makes. I'm going to skip the intro yeah, so we can yeah. get on with it and all, but. Um, so, I will give myself the name. Kla. 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 Clabodicio! <laughs> it's an Italian! 
<laughs> doesn't roll off the tongue very well. Age. Why, why do you have to put that in? Because they want to know. Man, this is... Maximum age allowed There's is no... 69. <laughs> no, that's weird. Hey, Clavidistrio is 69-year-old Yes. Robot. Is this okay? It is. I can't think of any American games that ask that crap, like, right off the bat. It should have been, like, blood type or something. So, uh, this is character is... Your, so, your character, Marina, is a robot. Intergalactic Cybot G. That's oh, yeah. what she's actually called. <laughs> and this guy is, um, her inventor. But he's a bit of a doofus, and he gets himself kidnapped quite he readily. Does. I'm getting tired. Go to bed. You see a little bit of kind of... Strange artifacting. Yes. Um, this game had that kind of weird pre-rendered graphics mm-hmm. art style that I don't like as much as just regular sprites, honestly. Yeah. You know, I, I guess the thinking is that this makes it look fancier somehow. It's on the N64. On a TV, it'd look, it'd look, it'd look much better than this, you know. These guys kind of remind me of the guys from Gunstar Heroes, like the the yes. little robot Actually, goonies. one of the things I was going to say is you see a lot of aspects of uh, the other games we've looked at in this game in just a subtle way. Sure. So, like, these guys are kind of like some of the characters in Gunstar Heroes, and mm-hmm. I agree. And the way this game starts with you kind of going through a town area mm-hmm. and having these weird kind of quirky interactions, that's a lot like Dynamite Heady to me. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of skipped it, but there's a lot of like doorways and stuff in that first practice town yeah. where you can do a lot of bonus content, and there's some of that in this as well. Here we go. Marina looks good. Her, her 3D little sprite thing looks pretty good. Yep. Nice and flowy, like the animation is nice and smooth. I like her pants. Her legs are kind yeah. of robotic, little tiny... Little tiny spikes, basically. Mm-hmm. And she's got this, like, bandana or something on that it's I like always like. Rabbit ears or something. Exactly. Yeah. I always like that effect. Uh-huh. So you can boost, and you grab, and you jump, of course, and you grab. So you can grab this guy, and then she does this thing where she shakes him and goes, Shake, shake. Shake, shake. <laughs> shake, shake. And then you can throw him at the ground. There's lots of shaking in this game. And they don't like being thrown. Actually, you can kill them. Is he going to try to attack you? Oh, he's he's fighting back. Oh, they got mad, huh? There's so much... This game... I remember when I started playing this game, there's so much to just play around with. There's so many little things you can do. And all these guys, you can talk to them. Yeah, I'm I'm skipping that, but there's some dialogue with all of them. You can, like, boost through the air. You can also boost by double-tapping the D-pad, and that's actually faster, which is an interesting thing. Ah. So you can boost with the C buttons, or you can boost by double-tapping the D-pad, and it's faster to double-tap the D-pad. Because the C buttons, you got to kind of reach. No, because they made it so that it would be faster, so that it would not... It's weird. It's like they did not want you to... Really? To... So there's this... So you can... So, for example... Oops, I did it wrong. Can you gain ground? No. Not when you're flying up. I don't think so. She's so, like, her movements, she has so many different little movements she can do. Kind of like Gunstar, I mean, there's all these different little things you can do. Yeah, there's all these movements you can do, there's all this attention to detail. It is strange that all the environments are involving these, like, weird 
face blocks. <laughs> they use those tiles everywhere. The entire the game. game is yeah, nice. exactly. It's, it, it keeps them from having to do all these different tiles, yeah, obviously, I guess. It's a little cheap to me. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I agree. And so, you know, you look at Dynamite Heady and how uh-huh. out of control it is. Yeah. Apparently that's going to blow up. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention to what he was <laughs> telling me, so I did not notice what I was getting Go to the into. But I'm going to use it here. Oh, uh, okay, that star. And then you grab the star to end the level. That well, that, that star said, teleports you. This star ends the level. That Hello. being said, I mean, there's a lot of content in this game, though, even though they did have, they kind of cheese those tile. There's you got to grab it. I was uh, waiting for you to finish talking. Oh, okay, sorry. The, yeah, they're oh, tiles and talk. everything. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of content in in this game, though. There's a lot of levels, and they're all... Not all of them, but a lot of them are different. Completely different than other ones. Yes. There's, like, later on, there's, like, a, a dodgeball tournament yes. where you, like, are grabbing... There's the a whole There's a whole sporting event world yeah. where they have, like, the Olympics. Uh-huh. And you compete in, like, all the different games and mm-hmm. stuff. It's awesome. It's and, so weird. And um, and then you get a rank, rank B that oh. I got, which is not uh, even though it says very good, it, they're just being nice. I think it goes up to S or something, probably. And there's a gold gem hidden in every level. Hmm. So you got to get the gold gem and the S rank in every single level. Oh wow! Which is freaking hard, like borderline impossible. Mm-hmm. So this is another a case of. Just clearing the game, not that bad, but mm-hmm. true mastery yeah. is something that is beyond the scope of what I can do, and it's just super difficult. Sure. And uh, the game's full of wacky characters. Again, that sense of character. And I, again, kind of think about Dynamite Heady, where you start in all the towns, and here I am talking to this like doppelganger, mm-hmm. whereas Dynamite Heady has the rival in the form of the cat, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know? And, I don't know, there just seems like it's, like, there's these certain ideas that keep kind of mm-hmm. coming up, which I, I think that's... I always like that. stuff, kind of. Just a lot of character and personality. and It's got and soul. It's got soul, that's what mm-hmm. it's got. Mm-hmm. And that's why that really elevates it above problems like, oh, you know, they use the same tiles too much or sure. something. It's, it's like, not, it's not, not even about, matter. Yeah, that exactly. Matter. It's more game, than the sum of its parts. The game has real heart and soul. I mm-hmm. adore this game. And I've beaten it, um, but I can't. I can't get S rank in every level. It's just, <laughs> just too hard. I don't have that kind of patience. Sure. I did get S rank in every level in the first world, and then mm. I got partway through the second world, and just I just like, was like, "No thanks." Too much. Too much. Too much. S rank is about clearing it fast. Yes, that's how it usually is. Like, and when I think of S rank, I think of uh, it's like a speed running thing. It's yeah. like you basically have to speed run the game. Did you ever play Mega Man Zero? Uh, I, yes, I've played those games. I'm bad at them. They're really hard. They are hard. So hard. The, the ranks. I'm always disappointed. You beat the game. You beat the level, and it's always like F rank, X rank, E rank. You're so bad. You know, like <laughs> to, to get anywhere, you have to beat the boss, and like it's all about how fast you beat the boss, and you've got to do it in like seconds. Yeah, like like ten seconds. You know, to get anywhere, it's ridiculous. It's so hard. I always because of that game. Every time I see the ranks, I'm I'm always I'm already over it. It's like I'm never phased by it. It's like yeah, I don't care. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay. I know what you want me to do to get an S rank. I'm not, <laughs> I'm willing not to do doing it. Screw <laughs> you. Golly. Yeah, no, for sure. But okay, so um, so after that, Silhouette Mirage came out here for so, the PlayStation. For the yeah. PlayStation. Um, 
So it never released on Sega Saturn in Because America. Sega Saturn had already yeah. died. Well, okay, so Silver Mirage was picked up by Working Designs. And by that time, Sega Saturn was dead, so Working Designs okay. had shifted to, to PlayStation. Mm-hmm. But uh, Working Designs probably would have localized the Saturn version if that had been an option. But. Sure. Anyways, um, Solo Mirage is a really great game. We were having a little trouble earlier getting it to run, mm-hmm. so I don't know if we're going to try. Um, <laughs> the premise of the game is there's there was like an apocalyptic event, mm-hmm. and the whole world, as a consequence, somehow wound up getting divided into two camps. The red camp, which are called uh, Mirage mm-hmm. characters, and the blue camp, which are silhouettes. And then you are a robot girl who is both. And she's split right down the middle, Mm -hmm. red and blue. And that means when you're facing one direction, you fire red bullets. And when you turn the other direction, you fire blue bullets. Mm -hmm. And uh, red enemies can only be damaged with blue bullets, and vice versa. But... Bullets also use up energy, and when you shoot a red enemy with a red bullet, you steal energy from them. So you want to do both Mm -hmm. in order to get this energy. And you can also create a shield in front of you with the circle button, and that shield reflects bullets, but only bullets that are the same color (laughs) as the shield that you've put forward. And there are bullets that enemies fire that are neutral, Mm -hmm. so there's also neutral bullets that can be reflected by any shield. And when you get hit by a blue bullet, you lose energy if you're blue. So you follow the same rules as the enemies. Sure. Where the bullets will either take your health or your mm-hmm. energy. So and really detailed. It is for platformer. Incredibly you know, intricate. And then the triangle button actually swaps which side is which. Yes, yeah, so you can. So you. So if you want to face to the right and fire red bullets, and then for some reason you need to continue facing to the right but fire blue bullets, mm-hmm. you can do that. So like a boss, a red boss that was on the right side right. of the screen, you'd have to switch maybe. You'd, you'd want to switch. But switching takes a third of your energy, so you might not have enough energy to switch. You have to earn it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the game is so complicated. And if uh-huh. that wasn't enough... You can also grab enemies, like in Gunstar Heroes, mm. using her hair, which has their like, hands at the ends Mitz, of yeah, her hair, yeah. and they'll grab enemies, and they can shake them, you can punch them, you can mm. throw them, mm-hmm. and when you beat the enemies with her hair, money comes out. Yeah. And you pick up the money in order to buy new weapons at the shops, and the weapons level up, and if you run out of energy, <gasps> the weapon that you ran out of energy with actually gets consumed in order to refill oh your gosh. energy, so you can actually buy a really expensive weapon and then be using it, and mm-hmm. then uh, not pay attention and run out and lose it, yeah. when if you had just switched to your default bullet, you can't you can't lose your default bullet. Because that's what you want to do if you're running. It is so complicated. (laughs) It sounds like such a high entry, you know, kind of. These are hardcore games for hardcore gamers Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. I mean, I don't know if we can say that term anymore because it's gotten really confusing. But um, these are games, let me put it this way. These are not games for casual people who just want to have fun for a little while. Mm -hmm. Like, you are going to have to really work to even understand how to play this game. Mm -hmm. And... And your reward is an, a 2D side-scrolling kind of running gun action game mm-hmm. of like the highest possible caliber. Yeah, it is so good. And 
games like that, when you get good at stuff like that, it's satisfying to have a mastery over it and to feel good about and doing all these like art, artistic, almost you know, mm-hmm. like acrobatic things. And this game never is like that fast. So where Alien Soldier and even Gunstar Heroes has a certain frantic quality, yeah, I don't really get that feeling from Silhouette Mirage. It's a little more measured, but. Again, in true treasure fashion, lots and lots of bosses. One Just thing I find interesting about this game, there your character kind of homes in a little bit. Like she kind of aims, like if you're shooting straight, yeah, yeah she helps you out, which is kind of interesting. It it almost helps reinforce that it's more. There's a it wants you to focus a little bit more on the strategy, you know, not mm-hmm. have to worry as much about the as to what you need to be, what decisions you need to be making at that time. Yeah, it's a, it's a little less of a twitch action game, mm-hmm. and like you said, a little more strategic, intellectual, and tactical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it's a really good game, and I highly recommend it. Cool, I'll have to check that I one love out. Love that game. I played it a little bit, but I need to work on the emulation. Get a that bit. emulation mm-hmm. to run cleanly, or you can or find it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I need. I'll check on eBay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see how much. So, okay, so that's Silhouette Mirage. We're, we're getting near the end here. Mm-hmm. That same year, 1998, Radiant Silvergun, one of the one of their famous shooters, came yeah. out. It's a really good game. Um, again, tons of bosses. Just mm-hmm. a boss rush. I mean, just one after another. So this one's for the arcade. Was it ported to Saturn? It was ported to Saturn. Yeah. Never came out in America. What's until, up with that? Until it was released on Xbox in, like, 2012. I know, but that... Why? What are we... You know, I don't know. 2011, I think. Japan tends to be more into, like, the... The, you the know, real hardcore action Yeah, bullet oh, well, hells. Shmups, bullet yeah. hells. Bullet hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this game is sort of a bullet hell, I guess you could say. Yeah, it was I mean, very, very difficult, but I don't know if it's what you call a bullet hell. I don't know. It depends on... I mean, I'm sure you once you get them. later on the final boss and all that, I'm sure there's screen bulls. The um, thing that's unique about this game, though, I'd say, is the weapon system. You've got So you've got three buttons on this game. Uh, you've got A, B, C, and uh, each... You don't have ammo. No. But you can choose to use one of, like, 12 weapons, depending on the combination that you press. So if you press, like, the first button, you shoot, like, a standard Vulcan cannon. Second button is, like, a laser. Third button is, like, I don't know, some spread shot. But you can do, like, the first two buttons, and you get a completely different weapon. Yep. The the last two weapons, you know, buttons, you get a completely different weapon. You can do all three, and you get, like, a sword or something, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a sword weapon. Uh Some of these weapons are out-of-control inventive. Mm -hmm. It's really amazing. Yeah, they're all completely different. They're all totally different. Mm You have access to all of them at from time. the beginning. Yeah. It's not like a game where you get different weapons through power-ups. You just you have them all the time. Mm-hmm. But each one of them levels up individually from killing enemies. Okay. So you have to ask yourself, which one do I want to level sure. up? Because, mm-hmm. again, it's like any other shmup. You kind of have that situation where the decisions you make right at the beginning wind up having huge, huge problems, complications. It's like a skill tree, almost like, and then at the very end... you Because your, your, your best chance to level up a weapon easily is, like, in level one. Yeah. So you can do... You can say, I'm only going to use this weapon, focus and I'm going to maximize the level as quickly as I can. Mm-hmm. Or you could say, I'm going to focus on a strategy in which I use this and this, or whatever, mm-hmm. mostly, and things like that. The sword is really inventive. It's, uh... You hold the weapon down, and the sword just hangs out in front of your ship... And then when you move, it kind of drags behind you. And so it whips. And so it kind of whips. And then yeah. you can, like, move your ship in a circle, and it'll just kind of do this. Mm-hmm. And so you have to kind of jerk your ship around, and his sword kind of... <laughs> <laughs> and, it's like a fencer. And it will actually eat bullets in oh. a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it will do a ton of damage to enemies. But, of course, you have to be right next to him. Mm-hmm. 
It's pretty wild. And uh, it can, like, absorb enough bullets to where it can do this, like, super move where it gets real long and goes, like, almost like scissors. Mm. and kind of wipes out the whole screen. Very cool. It's really cool. And you've got, you know, lasers and you got homing beams and homing lasers. There's a weapon that shoots one bullet in front of you and three behind you. Mm. So that you can hit enemies that yeah. come from behind, and so they know that, and so they actually have enemies come up from behind, which almost never happens mm-hmm. in shmups. And you have to be like, "Oh crap! Switch! Switch!" You've got to figure out what weapon to use. You've got to figure situation. out what weapon to use. What the situation calls for. It's a very difficult game, mm-hmm. and uh, I've never gotten very far in it. I do own the Xbox version, but uh, it's on Steam too now. I think. Really, I didn't I, know that. It might be. I'm not sure. You I know, know it is now on I'm Steam. Not sure. What is on Steam? Ikaruga. Ikaruga, which is like the spiritual successor yeah. to this game. And Ikaruga is a lot like Silhouette Mirage. I was about to say, well. Silhouette Mirage and... <laughs> Radiant Silver Gun. Had, had a baby. A, had a baby. <laughs> That's what happened. And that baby is Ikaruga. Um, yes. Shall we... There's a couple other games to talk about, but we can... Uh, we can Since we're on the topic, let's play yeah. a little Ikaruga. Let's, let's play some Ikaruga here. So this was actually ported to... It was on the arcade originally, and then it, it got onto Dreamcast. GameCube and Dreamcast. It got on Dreamcast, and then it got ported to GameCube. Mm-hmm. Now it's on Steam. Yeah. It's a great game, though. It's a super great game. Here's your controller, sir. Thank you. And this is all... Um, the original arcade version is, I think, 1999. No, sorry. 2001. Ooh. The graphics were really good in this game. That doesn't seem right. Maybe that is right. It sounds right. That's right. You're right. Because the GameCube version would have been like 2003. That's right. So this is the PC version. Yes. Let's see if our controllers work. Yay! So this is the demo. I haven't bought the full one yet. I'm going to whenever it gets a little cheaper. Just got to wait like for the next sale. It's a great game. Can't go wrong with this game. Arcade mode. So this game, just like Silhouette Mirage, you've got two modes that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's polarity is what it's called. So mm-hmm. so you have white polarity and black polarity. I'm sure they've got some cool fancy name that you know. No, no, I don't know, but yeah, they... Dark side and... Light side. Heavenly. <laughs> Heaven or hell? Let's <laughs> <Yeah>. rock. <laughs> Guilty Gear. Yeah. Guilty Gear, son. Yeah. Love that series. Anyway. Um. So if you're in the white mode, you can absorb white bullets. And if you're in the, the dark mode, you can absorb dark bullets. And, and you can only damage... No, that's not true. You can kill either... You, you do half damage, pretty much. See, whenever. when I'm white and I kill those white enemies, they shoot white bullets at me. See that? But that's okay, because I can absorb them. The yes. problem is, when you start needing to swap for other reasons, and mm-hmm. you have just released a spray of white bullets at uh-huh. yourself, and now you need to swap, and, but now it's... Uh, now and it's, then we're playing as two players, so we need to kind of be synced up on what we're doing. We need to kind of coordinate. So we generally want to be the same color so we don't accidentally shoot white bullets at us while we're black, you know, while one of us... <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> you just... <laughs> <laughs> It's um, difficult. This game d- uses this in a lot of inventive ways. We'll come up to a part pretty soon, though. I uh, owned this on the GameCube, and I got pretty good at it, but I can't finish it. It's a very difficult game later on. But uh, I got really good at the first few stages, and um, it's a lot harder now 
playing it like this, two-player, because I'm so used to sure. what my strategy was, and then I can't really employ my strategy... Without damaging me, possibly. Yeah, or just what you're doing is releasing bullets that affects me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you can see how you'd have to develop like a whole new strategy teamwork. for two people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, teamwork strategy. This would be a fun game. We might have to look into getting good at this or something. This yeah, that would be, be kind of fun. I would love to. I would love to finish it. Um, it's so hard. I've gotten to like the third level. Okay, so check this out. We're gonna have to switch our polarities to get through some of these bullets. So this guy shoots, and now we gotta go down. We can't be white right now, or we we'll can't just be get white. Dominated. And it, this game uses and these now kind of we've elements. got to switch right there, and it's already see. So one see? thing, when we're absorbing these bullets, you see we have these little meters on the left and right side. So you're really better off switching. You're better off just stop shooting, switch, start shooting. Again. Yeah, so you don't accidentally. So you oh, don't. Man. I know, I, I got killed so many times. First level. First level. It's rough. If I were playing single player. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't the graphics good, though? This game looks solid. Oh, this game it holds is, up. This game holds up nicely. Oh. And it's oh. very, very well made and well designed, and we suck. Okay, so we're almost done, but uh, let's talk about a couple games. Um, first of all, Bang... Bangayo. Bangayo. Um, is a action shooter game... Um, you're like a mech, you fly around and you're you tiny. You're tiny. You're very tiny. It's kind of yeah. awkward, actually. <laughs> and you fly all around and you shoot all these missiles, and mm-hmm. it's a. Uh, that game's very hectic. That that game's back in the what the heck is happening? I can't even keep track of what's on screen. Sure. There, that's like 50% of their games. Yes. Or more. I can't imagine. Probably I mean, more. you know, I think about the people who have the kind of like. I, you'd almost have to have like. Like ADD or like. You know, or like, not just ADD, I'm trying to say like autism. <laughs> like that ability to just completely... Stop time. Yes, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, be able to focus on everything at once. To focus, the level of focus that you would need, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Now, Bengayo, um we're talking about it now because it came out in 1999 on the N64 in yeah. Japan. Yeah, but in America, it. we only got it on the Dreamcast... Um, which I have that. I have the Dreamcast version. Have you got like a Game Boy version? Game Boy Advance? They have a DS version. Oh, DS. Okay, okay. So, and it's not the original game. It's a sequel. Sure. It's, they did release the original on Xbox 360, right? Did they? Like like something you could download. Some They yeah, they, re- they released a Bangayo game, but it's oh, not the original. Okay. Unless there's two. No, no, I think you're right. That's so right. there's 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 so there's Bangayo on the N64, which never came out in America. It's Bangayo on the Dreamcast, and then there's Bangayo Spirits on the DS. Okay, which actually has a level creator and lets hmm. you share the levels over the DS network, cool. like locally with other DS. I don't know how it really works, but um, it's That's like cool. real wacky. It uses like a sound file. So what happens is what? it takes the level. It converts it into a sound and file the and then wow. plays it into the microphone of the other DS. Too cool. So you just hear like a... And it's done. Yeah. I think that's how it works. I'm, that's pretty, like, I'm pretty sure that's no, how it that works. Right. That sounds and, completely feasible. Um, it's weird. That is weird. I don't know what the Dreamcast version goes for, though. <laughs> that might be another expensive game that I have. Um, Maybe. <laughs> so, Bengayo is good. And then, um, lastly... In 1999, on the N64, they did Sin and Punishment, another game that never left Japan. It got uh, 
And and to make that even more bizarre, mm-hmm. they recorded all the cutscenes in English. In English, yeah. So you get the Japanese game, and all the text is in Japanese, and all the do- all the dialogue and all the talking is in English. And they didn't release it here. They didn't have to re-record anything. They it was just a matter of switching some text. Switch some text, and you're done. And it was an actiony, you know, like it's, it's very American it's a, kind it's, of. It's, it's a, it's, it is, and it's it's a rail shooter. It's like Star Fox, mm-hmm. and it's um, Star Fox. Star Fox plus Space Harrier. Yes, or you're a like guy you run on the, on the ground, ground and you can jump and you can fly. Yeah, and it's very, um, and it's very. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Yeah, dark. It's very good for the well, very graphically impressive for the N64. Okay, yeah, yeah. As what I was going to say, mm-hmm. and just kind of a very complex, intricate game. Very hardcore, actiony kind of game. That's kind of what I'm saying. It and, came out closer to the end. Of the life cycle, very late, right? 1999. Yeah. You know, oh wow, so, yeah. And that was the Japanese release, so I think that it was just kind of a little too late. Yeah, the character models are really detailed in that game, like really, like their faces and everything. Mm-hmm. Their hair even is like you know, modeled, not like a block. I was playing Perfect Dark with a buddy the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Game's a little iffy. Those graphics don't hold up that well, man. No. But it's funny because the draw distance. And I, to be fair, I was playing on an emulator with super high resolution, but you know you go past a certain point and they change the low model. Uh-huh. Resi- and I'm not even joking. You go past about, like, I don't know, eight feet away from somebody and they turn into, like, flipping Minecraft or something. They're just like, coo coo their heads are just yeah. so blocky. <laughs> but yeah, Sin and Punishment looks awesome. Sin and Punishment's great. And it did come out on the Wii Virtual Console. Yes. But. For premium. Yes, for premium. But the... Wii does not let you map controller buttons, and mm. basically, you, this game doesn't control right. I don't know how to describe it. It's mm-hmm. that the default control of the Wii Virtual Console is not right, conducive for this game, and it's... you want to remap the buttons. And you can't on the Wii. You can on the Wii U, and I don't know if this game's been released on the Wii U Virtual Console. Not sure. So it's like the C buttons move your character left and right, up, down, mm-hmm. on the right side of the 64 controller, and then the analog in the middle of the 64 controller is your aiming Aim. reticle, mm-hmm. and the trigger, of course, is shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so on, it, w- it would just transition weird. It transitions weird because you're aiming with your left, left thumb stick, and, and you're moving with the face little, buttons yeah. of the classic controller. Mm-hmm. And it just feels, especially now that we've been playing twin stick shooters, it feels like you should uh-huh. move with the D-pad and aim sure. with the right thumbstick. I feel they probably should have done that, honestly, because Bengayo does that, yes. where you move with the D-pad and then use the... That's probably what they should have done. But maybe because the analog stick was kind of new at that time, so and they had only taught people to use the left hand. Yeah. So it would be weird to switch all of a sudden to the right hand. And and, and mostly the problem is that the face buttons are too far apart to be your On the new one. You're right. On the, the C buttons controller. are tiny and real And close. so it's just like, it just doesn't work. It's very awkward. And you just keep thinking, I can't, I can't do this. At the, and the I'm game like, is oh, hard. So it's like, you have to be really <laughs> good and precise to get through uh-huh. this game. And... It's like it's like if you were trying to control it with the you know Super Nintendo controller. Super far apart. And these are your movement buttons. Mm-hmm. It's just awkward. Fair but, enough. Uh, I don't. But it is um, a good game, though. It's a very good game, and I mean, you know, if you think you can put up with it, and if you if you can master awkward controls, I have to say, Treasure loves. 
pushing the boundaries of what a controller a can yeah. do. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, what can we do with this controller? Hey, Alien you, Soldier, you got three buttons, and you've got like oh my God. ten different moves. It's so complicated. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you have to practice that game to get to where that's second nature. Mm-hmm. But that's what it needs to be, because it's so bleeding hard. <laughs> so, uh, wow. It's a game that is a developer for people that really like harsh hardcore games. Whatever yeah, you want to call them. Legit games. It's a class of its own, for sure. It's a class of its own, yeah, exactly. They do make a very specific type of game, though. You can look at a game and you can kind of feel... So, that treasure thing going on. Yeah, like... I don't know. Astro Boy for the Game Boy Advance came out later. Awesome game. Kind of like... Very good game. Yeah, licensed. A really good licensed game. Like that McDonald's treasure. Yeah. And adventure. Um... So we'll just tell. say I mean you know I can I can rattle off the games that we're not talking about in detail because sure. they're still around and they made several more games mm-hmm. they did they did Stretch Panic on the PS2 a very kind of bizarre and kind of flawed deeply mm-hmm. flawed game that's also very very short but uh, these days if you get it used for like five dollars or something it's mm-hmm. worth it's a curiosity and that was really the first indications that things were going wrong they and treasure can't, could not transition into 3D games. They just really struggled. Sure. Sin and Punishment is their only successful 3D game franchise, I would say, and it just goes to show that they should stick to like rail shooters and things like that. And it's not even that successful, I would that. say. Well, I mean, it hasn't really sold that well. No, but but I mean, oh, gameplay wise, gameplay wise, okay. yes, they don't make 3D games very well. They did Wario World on the GameCube. I like that. It's actually an okay game. I enjoyed that game, yeah. It's pretty good, but again, very short, kind of He's got a shake, shake as well. They do that, like, every game. (laughs) He's got all these grapple moves. Mm -hmm. Going all the way back to Gunstar Heroes, you Mm -hmm. grab enemies and throw them. So there you go. Um, And they did uh, a bunch of Game Boy Advance games. They did Gunstar Super Heroes, a sequel to Gunstar Heroes. Yes! Which is a very solid game. Also pushes the Game Boy Advance to its limits, just like everything else they do. They did Astro Boy, a really good game. Mm -hmm. They did... uh, Advance Guardian Heroes is what it's called. Oh, a I sequel to Guardian that. Heroes. They and did that. It's a bad game. It's, it's, it's so bad. It's like it's a, again. It's like they're. It's one of their worst games, unfortunately. I would say that's one of the worst games. Like, uh, like I <laughs> seriously, man. I tried to get into that game because I remember when it came out. I was so excited. My neighbor got it actually, um, but I was so excited because I always heard the hype. The hype around it was large. Like, oh my gosh, they're finally bringing Guardian Heroes to America, and then it was not good. Yeah, yeah, or not America, but off of the yeah, set, so. yeah. And again, a sequel. For a long, long time, they didn't do sequels. Yeah, uh, they did no sequels. I think the first sequel they ever did was Gunstar Superheroes mm. on the Game Boy Advance in, like, yeah, 2002. Right. Like, 20 years... No, not 20 years. But more than 10 years yeah, after like, they'd been founded. Yeah, anyway, they went years and years without doing sequels. So, um... They did a Tiny Toons game on the Game Boy Advance? They did a Tiny Toons game, yes. That game, I haven't played it, but it I haven't played it. I've heard, I've heard meh. Graphics are I've really heard good, skip though. it. Yeah, the graphics are good. They've got that um, And they did Sin and Punishment Star Successor, the sequel to Sin and Punishment, on the Wii, and that is secretly like the second or third best Wii game. Oh, you think so? Oh yeah. That's oh, that good. game is good. good. That game is really, really good. And people- the graphics are cool. Like it's all, uh, it's very modern for a Wii game. Like it, it looks very unWii like. I don't know. Yeah. I can see it being on the. PS2. That's bad that I'm saying that, but I can see it being on the PS2 anyway. As far as it the looks like are. a PS2 game in all ways, yeah. You know, it's um. Again, it's a rail shooter. It's mm-hmm. the Star Fox game the Wii never got. 
Yeah, so that's super really, really... Um, it's got tons of bosses. Again, it's like yes. boss rush yes. kind of mentality. Just one after another. I love the levels. So it's not just like your typical shoot 'em up where it's like left to right scrolling or whatever. Like you will be going into the screen and then sometimes it goes left and then sometimes you're just going all over the place like Star Fox or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very uh, varied. <laughs> each each level like has different segments where and I love it. Sometimes you actually get to run on the ground and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's almost like a platformer with all this stuff. You can play that game two player. Yep. Uh, the second player doesn't have an actual character though; they just kind of use the light gun, use the pointer. But uh, it's and really you fun. can deflect bullets. Yes. Yeah. So there's this whole mechanic where like the best way to damage a lot of the yes. bosses is to actually deflect certain attacks back because mm-hmm. your bullets barely hurt them. Yeah. And that means you, you know, your your instinct is to get as far away from their bullets as possible and avoid them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you want to just let them come right at you and just, and you kind of use this sword thing and go, Whoosh! yeah, and it's, it's great. The game is really, really. That good. is a really good game. Very, very good game. I need to. So I'm, I'm about halfway through that one. I need to beat that, and then I'd like to play the first one as well, just to see where it stacks up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see. Um, I can't. I'm sure there's a few other things. They did. They did Xbox ports of some of their other games. Like they did the Guardian mm-hmm. Heroes HD. They did Radiant Silver Gun. They did the Xbox version of Bankio. Um, and then after Sin and Punishment, after Bankio and the Advanced and the Guardian Heroes HD, um, those, those are the most recent games to come out in America. Yeah, I was about to say, and I don't it's know been what else. like four or five years. But mm-hmm. according to Wikipedia, they did do a couple more 3DS games. Oh, and they're licensed based on some manga, mm-hmm. and they're like action brawl cool. games or something. And uh, I don't know if they're good or not, but they are still around and they still do stuff. Yeah, they're and they're s- pretty consistent as far as quality goes. Like, I mean, they're one of the, more or less. Yeah, one of I the mean, better. I mean, they've definitely developers. suffered. They've struggled. Ever since the shirt, ever since the Genesis, really. I mean, that, well, well, that, no, I mean, like that's when they, they're golden age. They, they, they did, they did great work in the 16-bit games, and they did solid, good to great sure. work in the 32, 64-bit era. Yeah, and when it moved to the PS2 era, yeah, they really started to struggle. And since then, they've only released a handful of good games. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of it. Yeah, since the PS2 era, they released. Two good Game Boy Advance games and Sin and Punishment Star Successor and Wario World is okay. Yeah. And that's really It's like it. they just need to stick to 2D. They just need to stick to 2D. And the reality, I mean, for a long time was that that wasn't an option. But now, you look at Shovel Knight, you mm-hmm. look at just, I don't know. It's coming back in it's style. It's coming back in style. And, you know, that is a viable option again. And I think that if they are smart, they will just go back to doing what they do best, 2D action games with these intricate mm-hmm. complex gameplay systems they've got renown like people when they talk about treasure like it's almost always like in a hushed whisper you know like <laughs> and they they're perfect they can be they can be 10 dollar eShop titles mm-hmm. on on the Wii or whatever on PSN or Steam or whatever and uh yeah they, they could even be more they could be 20 bucks you know mm-hmm. i would pay 20 bucks for like a really good game like this you know yeah yeah even if it is you know, 16-bit graphics or something. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, like a game like Mischief Makers, if it looked, even if it looked the same, uh-huh. but if it was that type of gameplay and that much charm mm-hmm. and personality, yeah, I'd pay 20 bucks for that. They should go to, I don't know if they're having financial woes, but they should go to Kickstarter and then be like, 
I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I wonder about, you know, Keishi and Afune and Mighty Number no. 9 and Koji Garashi and, and mm-hmm. uh, whatever that game's Bloodstained? Yeah, Bloodstained. Um, I wonder if that example is going to inspire some of these people. Because Treasure's not huge, you know, they... There's still like 30 that. guys. Yeah, exactly. They can do that kind of stuff. But, I don't know. That's... I, I think they're really great, though. And, mm-hmm. uh... I wish I wish uh, for good things from Treasure. Sure. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it, I guess. That would be the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I'd definitely shoot us an email. Let us know, or you know, on the YouTube. This will be a YouTube video, so put a comment on there and let us know how you like it. Um, I like doing the video episodes. Fun. Kinda. It is. It's a it's, little different. We'll yeah. See how it goes. Uh, again, we played through Gunstar Heroes. It was like uh, we played through it in about two hours or so. But it'll be on here too. I'll probably post a link on this. Would have been shorter, too. except we suck. <laughs> <laughs> we're, pretty, we're thoroughly mediocre as far as. <laughs> but yeah, check that one out if you want to check more of uh, Gunstar Heroes out. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you know what we're doing? What are we doing next? I don't know. We'll I don't figure know. it out. We'll Who knows? It, out. it won't be a video episode, probably. It'll probably, probably be just a straight-up podcast. But we'll do another video episode eventually. We'll play through some more games. Yeah, do some stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well. Cool. This is TJ Chapman, signing out. Michael Bianta, signing out. Later.